You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Getting you ready for a college football Saturday. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Welcome, welcome, welcome to BetQLU. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. I'm the host of Giannotto and Jeffrey weekdays here in Memphis, Tennessee from 2 until 4 Central Time. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. He is RJ Choppy, co-host of Shannon RJ, Monday through Friday, 5.30 to 10 a.m. on 105.3 The Fan. He's on Twitter at RJ Choppy. RJ, how are you, my man? Man, I am doing great. Uh, it is Texas OU week here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. The state fair is in full swing. That means corn dogs and a ton, and I mean a ton, of Sooner fans and whiny orange. Whiny orange. I, I saw McConaughey had to give the, the pep talk about don't oh, yeah. let when the horns are when the horns are down, that says less about you and more about them. And, and I saw that he was having to give him that pregame speech, which was which was nice. We're going to get into that in a little bit, but I wanted to start first here with kind of what we discussed last week as we headed into week five. I think we kind of wanted to find out identities. Who are you? And, you know, I think some teams passed the test and certain teams, I think, clearly stated that they weren't ready for big time. Then there are a few that I think might somewhere in between. For you, what were kind of the biggest takeaways from what we learned in week five? Well, um, one, Alabama is either for real or Ole Miss was the pretender. And the same goes for Georgia. They're for real or Arkansas was the pretender. But, look, you, you know, for me, it was it was the Cincinnati game really stood out. That was the biggest thing for me. I mean, I, that was a team that needed to get a giant victory. Uh, and then they did. They don't have this chance often. Uh, and they got a resounding victory. But I think we learned a lot about the guys at the top. We learned a lot about Alabama. Learned a lot about Georgia that, yeah, you know, you could question Georgia's win against Clemson. You can question whether or not Alabama, you know, was going to have a little bit of a letdown after Florida. Yeah, they really were being overvalued a bit. No, man, those teams put it to them. Put it to them. Who who did you, on the other side of those equations, because I completely agree with you. Like, to me, the, the biggest takeaways from last weekend for me were, number one, Alabama and Georgia. I think they emphatically said, you want to know if we're elite? Well, here you go. This is this is our statement. And, and I liked the way that both those teams, it felt like from the kickoff, both those teams were locked in, ready to go, and truly had dominant performances. I think we also learned on the flip side, Oregon felt flimsy. I mean, I remember telling you, hey, man, I watched every snap of that Oregon-Arizona game. That was about as unimpressive of a performance as we've seen. Then Joe Moorhead uh, comes down with an injury. Their offensive coordinator, their offense never got going. C.J. Verdell is now going to be done for the season. I think Oregon 
I think Oregon announced that, hey, man, that that was a big win at Ohio State, but I'm not sure we're, we're going to factor into the right. the big picture overall. But then you're right. Cincinnati, I think, was an interesting case because it was a weird game in the sense that their defense, I felt like, was exactly what I expected them to be. But their offense, for whatever reason for me, like it's still it still doesn't exactly give me confidence. But that said, I want to give them all the credit in the world. When they had the drive to go put them away, Desmond Ritter makes a couple of big throws, and, and they they emphatically put that game away, and that's usually the sign of a good team. I think for me, though, the bigger question is, does this actually open up an opportunity for Cincinnati, an opportunity to get into the playoff? Because it feels like right now, you know, the, the trendy thing in sports writing is Cincinnati deserves to be there. I mean, okay, I got I, I don't I don't necessarily think that they don't deserve to be there, but are we really sure that Cincinnati's going to get into the playoff? And again, we're recording this on Friday afternoon, so if they're losing to Temple, uh, I think that will pretty much uh, that will <laughs> that will pretty much end things right then and there. Yeah. But with that being said, they're thirty point favorites. Let's make the assumption that they take care of business tonight. I, you know, I look at it the Big Ten. The Big Ten, I think. Whoever ends up winning the Big Ten, you got to assume they're going to be there. I think at this point, Alabama and Georgia look like they're going to be playing a meaningless SEC championship game. And then we're going to see, perhaps with OU tomorrow, I mean, OU still has not been beaten. I'm just not convinced that if the rankings came out that that would be the third team in the country, according to the playoff ranking. And I don't really view the argument of deserving in my mind or deserving in your mind. Like, I'm just trying to figure out how they're, you know, the playoff committee is going to seed it. Do you really think that there's an opportunity right now for Cincinnati? I do. Um, it, it, a lot of it depends on Oklahoma this week. Sure. Um, or, or the rest of the year. Like, they might slip up. They could lose to Oklahoma State. They could. It's, it's a Bedlam series, right? They could absolutely lose to that. Um, you know, a lot of it depends. Does, does Georgia slip up before the SEC title game? Sure. Which is possible. Um, not likely, but, but it's possible. And, and the same goes for Alabama. Not likely, but possible. You know, for me, Cincinnati, you know, that, no, they have one more one game, game against a top 25 team, and that's going to be SMU. Uh, assuming SMU stays there, with their quarterback situation, with Tanner Mordecai, I don't see a reason how they, uh, that they wouldn't be there uh, as, as a ranked team at that point. And that will give them two ranked teams. They've got a really good win. It's hard to – you can't tell a group of five team, play people, and then when you play someone and you beat them on the road, it still isn't enough. Yeah. Now, here's my question for Oklahoma. And I thought – I got to give this credit to Gary Danielson. I thought it was a great point. Who's voting Oklahoma in? I mean, at this point uh... – people on the committee that have ties to the big 12 i mean i will say this i know kansas state covered last week i thought that was the most complete performance from oklahoma that we've seen all year i thought right. offensively they were able to run the football and that opened up the passing rattler still threw the bad interception but really other than that i thought he played a really good game i've i've quietly been impressed with oklahoma's defense i think they cause yes. a lot of disruption i think their front's pretty good and you know, I think we, we mentioned this in week two, and I'm guilty of it as much as anyone. I think oftentimes we like our first impression of what we see of a team. Oh, 
100%. that really, really impacts the way that we view a team for the rest of the year. It does also eliminate the the reality that teams can get better. And I yep. do think Oklahoma, it's kind of in the same category for me as when we were discussing, you know, Alabama and Florida. Well, yes, Florida was wildly impressive. Alabama did still win the game. And yes, Oklahoma has not looked good and there's really no getting around it, but they're starting to get better and they're not losing games. And so I do think that, yes, you know, the, the argument for Oklahoma is kind of, well, we just kind of think that they're good. Like I, I do agree with Danielson in the sense of if you have to make the on paper case, I don't really know how you do it at this point. But I also know that in the end, man, it's a television event, and yeah, they're going to want to see Oklahoma if they can. I get it. I, I, yeah, I, you know, I think his point, though, that he was making, and, and, and he would elaborate, is who's who's backing them? Like, the SEC is going to vote for Georgia and Alabama. Is the Big 12 really going to vote for an Oklahoma team that's leaving? Or are they going to vote for a Cincinnati team that's coming? Like, you know what I mean? I mean like, I if you're... I, I do let's for the record I also think the committee I don't really I don't I think we we think of it in that way but I don't really think they do but there's yeah. also the flip side of the equation on that that I would say if you're the Big 12 yeah you can be upset with them but you want that playoff check and if that's your best chance to get the playoff check the bigger playoff check eh, all of a sudden you know what I mean like yeah all of a sudden the enemy of my enemy all of a sudden is my ally I get it. I get it. I get it. I really do. Um, you know, it's just, it's interesting that, you know, they're, we're going to have a team that's done everything we've asked of them. Uh, they went on the road and found two Power Five teams to play on the road. Indiana and then Notre Dame. And they beat them both by double digits, right? Yep. What are you, you, you going to say? No? It's well, hard I, for you to I do. mean, I, I fundamentally agree with you. Yeah. I also think that Cincinnati's in this weird position now it seems as if they're going to have to be the biggest Notre Dame fans of all because all of a sudden, you know, as you pointed out just a few minutes ago, we kind of know what's coming. There's going to be the tearing down of their resume and the, the cheapening of their wins and whatnot. Well, if Notre Dame's sitting there at 10 and two or, you know, yeah. even 11 and one, and if you look at the rest of their schedule, it's not inconceivable. It's certainly not likely given what we've seen of Notre Dame and given their injuries, but at the same time, there's no one on their schedule you go, they can't beat them. Like, there's there's no right. one left like that. Well, now all of a sudden, if you have 10-2, and 11-1 Notre Dame, and Cincinnati went there and won by two scores, how do you sit there and put Notre Dame in? I don't think you can. No, I don't think you can either. Um, I don't think you can with Notre Dame at all. Uh, but, you know, it, it still is. I still think – I still consider winning at Notre Dame to be a relatively quality win. I completely you know, agree with you. Yeah, especially for that program that's not used to playing on a stage like that, you know, all by yourself on NBC. Hey, and another single person, this isn't like regional coverage available here. This isn't, a, we're not going on Raycom back in 97. You know, this is, right? Remember that? RJ, RJ, <laughs> please. Jefferson Pilot Financial presented by Raycom. Come on. There we go. I'm sorry. Jefferson, that's right. Absolutely. Man. Also yeah, known as the Ole Miss Sports Network from like 1996 through about 2005. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, so this is Notre Dame on NBC with, 
you know, whoever's called Doug Flutie or whoever's calling the game. Uh, uh, Tariko and Breeze. Breeze, that's right. Flutie. Flutie was there a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, that, that's a big deal. No, I, I agree. And I do think one thing that's going to be interesting, I like the other point that you made. I'm here in Memphis. And so Memphis is still in the American. And they would like to be headed like with Cincinnati to the Big 12, but they're not. I got to tell you, man. Cincinnati really needs SMU to be good. And I think SMU's passed the eye test. I know they had the the escape from Louisiana Tech a couple of weeks ago that everyone still hold against them. But Tanner Mordecai and, and and Lincoln Riley's brother that's calling plays, like they've got it humming. And yeah. you know, I I I I'm I'm hopeful that that can end up being a good test for them. But man, the rest of the league just looks terrible. You know, Ugh. SMU's got a uh you know, they've always been behind the eight ball. Like they, ever since the death penalty, they've never got it going. Yeah. Uh, they've run. They've cycled through coaches. They had June Jones here for a blip. He was fine. But for the most part, Chad Morris failed. and Phil Bennett failed. And all these guys failed. Uh, you know, and, and finally, uh, when they bring Dykes in, he's doing something well. Uh, it's amazing what a quarterback can do. Yep. It's amazing by simply getting Tanner Mordecai in here, how all of a sudden – you go from, you know, basically average to savage when it comes to your football schedule, you know, your football life. And they have done that. They have done a phenomenal job. There's, there's, a, there's a, a decent amount of SMU fans in town here in DFW. Not a ton. Like, they're like, they're, they're fans, but they're sometimes fans. Sure. You know, like, they're, 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 they're half fans. But, you know, you're going to start seeing that place sold out. Another kind of big picture playoff game. I think it's obviously the biggest game of the week. We've got Penn State and Iowa. To you, does this feel like an elimination game? Because theoretically, either team can lose this, can still win the division, can still get to the Big Ten championship game. But do you feel like this is the, you know, they'll never admit it, but the playoff committee does allow certain weeks to kind of impact and function essentially as an elimination game. How do you kind of see this one in terms of the overall narrative? You know, I used to see games like this as elimination games for the home team. Um, like there that. was, you know, like there, there was a stat. This was probably about 10, 12 years ago where uh, maybe it was even less than that. Maybe five years ago. No team had lost a game at home and gone on to win a title in like half a century. And that changed. I think maybe it was Alabama that changed it the year they beat LSU when they lost at home and then beat them again. Um, yeah, uh, I think it was Alabama when they lost to Ole Miss in 2015 oh, yeah. with the, the Chad Kelly, Quincy Adeboja, yep. the helmet play, the, the yeah. chucking it off the, the top of the helmet. They went on to win a title. Also, LSU, the two-loss LSU team, they lost at home. I know they lost to Arkansas in double mm -hmm. overtime. I think they lost to Kentucky, but they did lose in double overtime. Because remember, that was when Les was going, we haven't been beaten in regulation. That was yes. that was quite the Les That's right. Spent. That's right. And by the way, we call him Swag Kelly, sir, mm -hmm. not Chad. Uh, oh, of course, obviously. But, so I still look at it like an elimination game for Iowa. You know, Although I shouldn't because beat, losing the number four team when you're number three is not a crushing defeat. Right. Um, but – I think clearly a leg up will be had by Penn State if Iowa loses. I, I like how you phrase it that way. If you – for the home team, because, again, Iowa's still going to have every opportunity to still win the division and then 
you know, if they get to the if they get to the Big Ten championship game, you got to feel like they win, they're in. Mm-hmm. One team I'm keeping an eye on, and I'm curious to know how you feel. Did Ohio State flip a switch this week or last might've, week? Might have. Might have. I, I, I kind of I, I was high on the Buckeyes coming into the season. They they obviously let me down a little bit, but yeah. uh, I'm close to putting them back in the circle of trust. All right, coming up next, could the Red River Showdown end with an upset special? And what other teams are we going to be putting on upset alert heading into the weekend? I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. This is BetQLU. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. And we welcome you back to BetQLU. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. RJ, let's find out who's on Upset Alert. Upset Alert. I can't believe I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. It's happening here. You got fans of both sides. The Oklahoma Sooners are on upset alert. I I know. I know. They're the better team. They've got the preseason Heisman Trophy favorite quarterback, whatever. They've got the boy wonder, the college football version of Sean McVay, Lincoln Riley as their coach. They got a good defense. They do. But Texas finds weird ways to win this game. They're, Texas is 4-1 against the spread this year. Oklahoma's 1-4. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Obviously. Uh, Oklahoma just doesn't cover. Uh, Texas is 7-2 against the spread the last nine in this series. They've won three of those games outright. They, they have not been the better team than Oklahoma since Colt McCoy was here. Yet they've won three of the games. And, and there's a lot of years where it hasn't even been close as to who the better team was. I think Texas might actually pull this one out. Yeah, it's this weird reality of, weirdly, I trust Texas to win this game more than I trust them to win pretty much anything else, including the league, whatnot. Like, it's it's weird. Like, I can trust them to typically win this game and then somehow lose to TCU. Obviously, they avoided that last year. But that is kind of a little bit of my hesitation. RJ, they actually beat TCU. Like, is it up, down now? Have we flipped things around because – the one thing that concerns me a little bit about Texas, and there's no question since they've they've made the move to Casey Thompson that they're clearly a better football team. Are they a little soft? Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, they feel a little too finessey, and it's weird to say, but I think Oklahoma's been a pretty physical football team this year. Uh, I mean, look, there's a, there's a, there's been a lot of Texas teams that are soft. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a great job. But I don't think people realize until they get there how enabling it is in Austin. Sure. Uh, it, it is it, – it's for a college town, a relatively big-sized city, right? You know, Austin. Oh, certainly. I mean, it's a legit – I mean, 
you know, heck, I'm from Memphis. I think, you know, to me, yeah. although it feels like from San Antonio to Austin, it's just one big city. It is. It's like Orlando and Tampa. It's just kind yeah. of an hour away. It's just kind of combining together. Uh, so it's a big, I mean, there's a million, pe- there's well over a million people down there in, in that area. Um, so it's a lot of enabling and they do a terrible job of holding the players accountable. Sure. And, you know, that's part of, I think, a lot of the reason why, I mean, we don't realize this. Is there a more underachieving program in college football history than Texas? It, it took <sighs> Superman. It took Superman for them to get one title since Vietnam. I mean, it feels like the the list of the other list includes A and M, perhaps. But uh, I mean, I think I mean A and M's got one title in forty seven, and I mean that that was a completely different sport. I mean, I think you have to maybe argue. I I, I don't I, no one off the top of my head. Like I don't think Michigan's in the same category. I think in general, though, you kind of fall victim to what you're talking about. Texas high school football is such a big deal yeah. that I almost think sometimes the, the talent's a little overrated. Like I, I think because the, the high school football quality is so good, the kids look prepared to play college football, and then you realize physically maybe they're not quite a, at the level that others are, but you're kind of dependent on that. And then I think kind of the bigger element that you're talking about is the fact that feels like at Texas there's always a lot of cooks in the kitchen whether it be behind the scenes, in the yes. scenes. It just, it just feels like that that kind of trips them up. And when you completely juxtapose them to Oklahoma, like one thing I've always admired about Oklahoma is it does feel like they they make, like they like have a playbook. It's like, this is our voice. This is who we listen to. Everyone get on board. And he's our voice until he's not our voice. And I do kind of admire that about them. I, I think Oklahoma is hands down the best job in America. They have to win literally one of three games every year. Beat Texas, make the Final Four, or make the National Championship game. And you're a god. That's all you have to do. Yeah. You've, there, there's no pressure on you. Bob Stoops failed. I mean, he had the name of, of a of big game Bob, and then he was a choke Bob. I mean, he did, did, choked away half these games, and he was never remotely close to getting fired. Well, I mean, honestly, like, I know he's the wonder kid. Lincoln Riley in big games – leaves a lot to be desired like yes they've yeah. made the playoff he hadn't won a playoff game now yeah. i think they should have beaten georgia that year but they didn't like that's kind of the one thing like in when i look at this game i know exactly what i'm gonna do i'm gonna bet oklahoma and i'm gonna lose it like i do three out of every 10 times when, when i or 10 or seven out of 10 times because it, it feels like it never hits and i always bet OU because i think they're better but I've not liked what I've seen from Lincoln Riley in terms of, like, step on their throat. Right. No, I, I know. Well, that's the thing, you know. Um, did you hear Brandon Staley, the Chargers coach this week, talking about? Yes. Like, the, the running of the football. Yeah. The physicality of the running game. Lincoln, I, I don't think, imposes that physicality with their team enough. Now, they've had good running backs there. He has. I mean, he's had decent players. Um, you know, Stoops. Heck, I think there's the four time. in the NFL right now. Yeah, of course there are. You know, Joe Mixon's there, and Samaj P. Ryan is there, and they got they got guys in the league. They just don't utilize the running game, I don't think, enough. And, I, and look, when you've had Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts, knock yourselves out, right? You know, throw the right. ball out of the field. Um, but it's just, I don't know, there's not a physical aspect to the Oklahoma team. 
That scares me. I think I think that's kind of why they struggle with Texas sometimes. Okay, for my upset alert, I'm trying to not overreact because I think sometimes that's what gets you, particularly on the investment side, when you overreact week to week. I'm putting the Ole Miss Rebels on upset alert. And so you can get Arkansas yeah. right now around plus 190. Here's kind of the notes that I have on this one. First off, I covered this team, so I'm just I'm, – I'm, well-versed that this is a weird, weird series. But in the last 10 times that Ole Miss has been favored in this game, they're 2-8 and eight against the spread. Arkansas has won five times outright. Okay, Ooh. those are trends. Let me give you a little bit more in terms of what actually, you know, impacts the game on the field. Injuries are piling up for Ole Miss. They've lost Mingo now, who was their leading outside receiver, and you saw it against Alabama. They really struggled to get open. And obviously, no one's going to mistake Arkansas secondary for Alabama secondary, but Arkansas secondary isn't bad. Like they they got they got plenty of guys that can cover a little bit. More importantly, Ole Miss never really had a lot of depth on their offensive line. They basically have played five guys. They're going to be down two offensive linemen. The leading rusher from this game last year, Jerry and Ely, he's probably questionable at best. He get he's in concussion protocol. Also, it kind of goes to exactly what we were talking about in the previous game. I've watched Ole Miss enough to know this year. I don't know if they're like Charmin soft, but one thing that I know is they're not physical. And one thing that Arkansas is right now is they are physical. Even in the second half when, when you know, they're down as much as they were, they were, with you know, other than some penalties, when they, when they were staying on schedule – they were able to kind of run the ball at Georgia a little bit. And to me, it, we try to overcomplicate it. Sometimes football is as simple as blocking and tackling. And I think right now Ole Miss struggles to block and tackle. And I think Arkansas doesn't. Uh, I'm glad you say that because I have Arkansas on my betting card this week uh, at the plus six. I, I think it's a solid bet. Um, if, if you look at it, I think you're spot on with the – uh, Charmin soft aspect of Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin, I like Lane. Okay, I, I wish I could turn back the clock to all the nasty things I said about him in February of 2009. Oh, yeah, you're hurt. You're, you're hurt. You're hurt. I was hurt. I was yeah. hurt, man. I really was. I really was. It it, it kind of put my program on the tier that they that I that I always knew they were, but they never really acted like. Um, but you know, so I I. I I owe Lane an apology, but Lane's a little soft here with this team. He will talk, too, and he will get under your skin. And you know other teams in conference love to kick the you-know-what out of Lane Kiffin's teams. I mean, did you see – it was basically the entire game Alabama kept their starters in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're going to do that. When you say, you know, get your popcorn ready, you pull the old T.O. line out, the, uh, out of the box – uh, you know, and then the trolls come out, which I love. I support. I support all trolling. Big I, I support all content. Like that's the yeah. thing about you know you and I, we we've grown up around it, and it's very different than the NFL. Like college football is unfortunately, in my opinion, trying to become kind of diet NFL, and I just don't think you can do it. What makes this thing a sport is characters. Like this is you have yeah. guys like Mike Leach that are still coaching. Like you have. Kiffin getting your popcorn ready. You have Ole Miss handing out free popcorn to the first 5,000 fans next week. Like they're embracing. You had literally 
by what the third quarter you had big al the elephant with the popcorn like it was great like that's what makes this thing a sport yeah. is that it is character driven like yes only a handful of teams can win the national title and i would argue though that's not really what the sport's about like historically it's not about the title even, like, like we didn't no. have a playoff we literally established who the champion was by just making a list we made a grocery list we're like yeah that's, that sounds good give them a trophy like that's not what it's about it's about way more than that and to me like kiffin is good for everyone especially us in this business yeah absolutely it's it's always been just about winning your conference yeah. that's what it's been about and then you know if you happen to be lucky enough to have keith jackson behind you in 1985 you were going to win the title sure like, that's all it was you know no, and, I mean, and, it's, I, i'm with you completely all right speaking of Speaking of teams that, you know, not a traditional rivalry, but it's a game that I feel like could probably help his cause a lot. Talk about Michigan and Nebraska. And yet again, RJ, as you and I have been discussing this year, you want to talk about the rankings never mattering less? Like, this is what bothers me when everyone goes, there's no good games this week. There's only, there's only two top 25 games. First off, we have seen multiple times where a top five team has gone somewhere and been like a field goal favorite. Like, what does that say about the rankings? But this line with Michigan and Nebraska, it stinks. I want nothing to do with this. Because it does feel like eh, Michigan's kind of ripe for that. You know, they have the big win against Wisconsin. I still don't really know if Wisconsin's any good. But this does feel like, okay, you go on the road at night and then you, you get your comeuppance. But at the same time, I don't know how you can trust Nebraska in this spot. No. I don't trust either team. I don't trust either team. I mean, how are you a number? How are you a top ten team? You're literally in the top ten, and you're playing a team that struggled with Fordham for a half, and lost Illinois. To be clear, <laughs> and you're a three point favorite. Like, do they play with different equipment when you go to Nebraska at night? Is it on the moon? Do they not use a football? Like, what What are we – like, how is this a three-point spread? I mean, I think it's as simple as the power rating still kind of like Nebraska. And, I mean, if we do want to go, good teams win, great teams cover. Quietly, Nebraska's 4-1 and one against the spread. That's true. Okay. That is true. And I'll tell you, you know, everyone's going to point to – Correction. You know, Nebraska's five and one against the spread. They oh, played six games better. all right. Correction, yes. Now they have played, I will say this. They have played four really good games in a row. Yeah. I'm not gonna count the Fordham game, whatever. But Buffalo was not a bad team, and they wiped the floor with them. And then they barely lost to OU on you know, just the worst interception in history. Yeah. Uh, or the or the best. They barely lost to Michigan State but they just destroyed Northwestern and the Michigan State loss if you want to talk about like bad you let a punt return go for a touchdown like that yeah. was like they should have won that game yeah so that's four really solid quality games they've played in a row so I get that I get the uh, maybe maybe it is maybe they are a better team than the record shows Sometimes on these games, I'm trying to figure out, like, what do they want us to take? Because 
I, I've now started doing the, we're going to get into your head fake games during the next segment, but I think sometimes I'm head faking myself because yeah. like, it feels like traditional logic would be, oh, you've got a, you've got a top 10 team and they're only laying three, just lay that. But now like the conventional wisdom is, wait a minute, why is this line only three? Give me Nebraska. So now like I'm in my own head, like, a, well, which head fake is, which head fake should I fall for? Because I don't. Like, to me, this feels like I'm going to get back on Monday and I'm going to sit there and go, why didn't I take Michigan? But I still want nothing to do with this. Yeah. I, look, I hear you. I hear you. It does seem like one of those games, one of those lines, that you're going to kick yourself if Michigan wins by 30. But it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. They don't make, they don't make top 10 teams three-point uh, three favorites on the road against an unranked opponent. They, they're they they're nine-point favorites. Coming up next, we're going to find out what games the Sharps are just waiting to bite on. Plus, I have a slimmed-down card, but I still got a ridiculous card. I still think I have 17 plays. We're going to do all that next. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Joppy. This is BetQLU. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. And we welcome you back to BetQLU. It's time for one of my favorite segments of the week. Let's find out what RJ's head fake games is. Head fake games. All right, Jeffrey, I've got a little bit of a change up here. I have two head fake games for you. And I'll tell you what a head fake is real quick. Uh, Obviously, this is a make-believe situation because I am not important enough to walk into a casino, make a bet, and have every casino in America change their betting lines. But that's the the crux of this. It is the dream. It is the dream. Let's say you like... Uh, Arkansas plus six against Ole Miss. What you would do is you would place a small wager on Ole Miss to cover the six. They know who you are. They know when you bet, you know what you're doing. So they move the line. Now it's Ole Miss by five. I'm sorry. Now it's Ole Miss by seven. And then, bam, you get to hammer Arkansas over the top with a bet. That's like ten times the original, and you're going to get a point of value. So that's the point of the head fake game. I have two games for you here. We can do dealer's choice if you want to. A little Vegas action. We can go with UCLA, Arizona, or, and I never do this, Tennessee, South Carolina. Carolina. Let's go with the Vols because I got to tell you, I've been, I haven't been needling you. Every time I tell Tennessee fans, I know what I'm watching. This team is not that bad. Everyone's like, shut up. You're just trying to get my hopes up. No, no, no. I'm curious about your Tennessee side. All right. So I do think the volunteers, my volunteers, are getting a little bit undervalued here. They're 34th ranked offense EPA. Uh, I think the spread should be about 17, and we're only having to lay 10 and a half. That's about a touchdown's worth of value of a cushion. Uh, the, 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 some of the numbers say Tennessee should score about 30 plus. South Carolina staying in the 18 to 20 range. Uh, this line opened at nine and a half. It's already bet at 10 and a half. I expect it to keep moving. South Carolina's lost seven of their last ten ATS games, uh, seven of their last eight as a dog against the spread. Uh, and that one win was against Georgia, who won by 27, who had no interest in covering the 31. So 
bet a small wager on uh, on South Carolina, get that bet down to nine and a half, and then hammer the Volunteers over the top. I love it. All right, now, UCLA, what are you doing here? Uh, Arizona is quite simply one of the ten worst teams in the country. Yes, they are. Yeah, 121st uh, in expected points added differential in the country. UCLA is top 30. uh, I think a top 30 team. They're top 56 in the same category, EPA differential. UCLA's weaknesses are defense. Arizona is so bad on offense, they won't be able to take advantage the spread should be more than 20 points. We're getting a four-point cushion here, at least of value. Uh, the only thing that Arizona does well or decent is run the ball, but they're still like 66 in the country. Uh, UCLA knows the Pac-12 South is open for business. So small bet on Arizona. Hammer UCLA when it gets to minus 15 if it does. Love it, love it. All right, more importantly, my favorite time of the week. Let's get into the cards. The betting card. All right, RJ, as always, I allow you to go first because, you know, daddy's got a big one. There we we go. Well played. Uh, uh, How about this one? Akron plus 14 and a half against Bowling Green. Why? Love it. Why? Yes, there you go. Because Bowling Green should be a 14-point favorite against anyone. No, they're they're not better than anybody. But even this one. Conference dogs of seven or more with an under of 48 or less cover at a 60% rate. That's over Love 600 it. last games. Low-scoring games, you don't take a high favorite. Usually, low-scoring means the dog covers take Akron plus the 14-and-a-half. I already said Tennessee minus 16, uh, minus 10-and-a-half. I already said UCLA minus 16. Arkansas plus the 6 against Ole Miss. I love SMU minus 13 against Navy. Tanner Mordecai's got it going on. Kentucky minus 3 against LSU. I'll take Iowa money line minus 125 over Penn State. And I got a little pizza parlay for you here. A little pizza money parlay. Are you ready for this one? It is going to be Texas plus the 140. Uh, it is going to be Florida Atlantic plus 165 and Duke plus 145. That's a three team parlay. Usually pays six to one. This pays 14 and a half to one. I think I'm going to take that. I I, I kind of like, because definitely Texas against Oklahoma, because duh, like that just feels like that makes sense. Yeah. FAU's playing UAB. I had UAB last week. I'm afraid they stink. And I think I think Willie Taggart's got some players. And then Duke and Georgia Tech, like who the hell? Who the hell knows? Who knows? You know what I mean? Like that feels like, uh, that feels very appropriate. All right, the card for me, a game that will probably have been decided by the time that you're hearing this. I'm taking Temple plus 30. I just feel like hangover spot for Cincinnati. This, and now they got Mathis, the Georgia transfer playing quarterback at Temple. I need basically two touchdowns out of him. I think I, I think mm-hmm. I can do it. Give me the thirty. Stanford and Arizona State, two coaches that very much respect each other. This feels like low scoring. Let's run it. And both teams are going to be fairly conservative. I'm taking under fifty three tonight. Ohio okay. State. I'm telling you, I think they flipped the switch. They're taking Mar- I'm I'm taking I'm laying 21 and a half against Maryland. Maryland in their last six games against ranked opponents, 0 and 6 with an average margin of defeat by over 40 points. This game just feels gross. Give me Rutgers plus five against Michigan State. Like I just feel like 11 a.m. Big Ten Network. That's what I want. Just give me the five points there. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on Tennessee. I think Tennessee with Hendon Hooker. I don't. I'm not going to pick him 
to beat Georgia. I'm not going to pick them to beat Alabama. But I am 100% confident that they can beat South Carolina by two touchdowns. I'm laying the 10.5 there. I think West Virginia's broken. Uh, I just don't trust them. Give me Baylor minus 2.5 at home. I'm going to spring the trap. I, I think I'm also taking the pizza parlay so that maybe I have a chance both ways here. Give me Oklahoma minus 3.5. I just feel like, in the end, like I'm trusting my eyes. I think Oklahoma's better. Give me Oklahoma minus 3.5. Congratulations to you getting 6 with Arkansas. I'm getting 5.5 for the Ooh. aforementioned reasons with Arkansas and Ole Miss. Ole Miss is really banged up up front. They're not very good to begin with up front, but they're very banged up. Their number one receiver and their number one running back are going to be out. I don't know if I want the, if I want the money line on that, but I want the points. It's just a weird game. Give me the points. Virginia, I feel like the, the ACC plays whose line is it anyway football. Like the, everything's made up. The points don't matter. Give me the give me the two and a half with Virginia. SMU, I'm with you. I love what Mordecai's been doing. Also, I feel like I've been chasing Navy for a month. I'm bound and determined to win a bet in the Navy game. <laughs> Give me 13 and a half there. Uh, Georgia is playing. And again, I had Auburn last week. Like it was the classic. None of this makes sense. Whatever. Give me Auburn. We got like dollar store Johnny Manziel with Bo Nix last week. And it was a blast. Like it was just an absolute blast to watch. I don't feel like that's going to be a great strategy against Georgia. Like I just really don't. I, I feel like they're just going to put it on them. Give me, I'll lay uh, 15 and a half. I think Oregon State's been undervalued this year. I've ended up watching them multiple times. Jonathan Smith's a good football coach. Like, they, they're they a good, solid team. Washington State stinks. Also, road favorites in the Pac-12 this year are 3-0. and Give me the give me the beeves. I, I need some beaver in my life. Minus three and a half. Kentucky, I'm with you. This feels like the SpongeBob SquarePants game yeah. that I'm a little concerned, like I told you last week, even though I was on Ole Miss, I started to get very worried when everyone was on Ole Miss. LSU feels like that they're they're due for, like, one last hurrah, but I'm just going to trust my eyes. LSU can't stop the run. LSU can't run the football. Kentucky can run the football. And Kentucky can probably make this team a little bit one-dimensional. It was not easy for Florida to move the football on Kentucky last week. I'll lay the three with Kentucky. I think Memphis is better than Tulsa. I think Memphis is definitely having a, a drop-off, but I've been watching Tulsa enough to know that I know they had, like, the flu going through their team last week. They've not looked that good at all to me. Give me the three-and-a-half with Memphis. I'm sorry, Alabama. I never meant to hurt you. I'm the prodigal son. I'm back to betting you every single week, and I'm not even going to care. It's Alabama under 20. Like, that should just be a principal play. If Alabama's under be. 20... We just sit there and go, do it. Done. We're laying 18 there. And then in the UCLA-Arizona game, for a lot of the same reasons you just mentioned, I don't know. I'm scared. Arizona plays too hard, so I'm scared of the back door there. Give me over 61, though. Oh, okay. I can see that. All right. Uh, the, 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 the only thing that scares me about that is Arizona's offense sometimes is non-existent. They've been playing the, the the USF transfer, and he runs around a little bit. Yeah. And then also UCLA, like they're kind of Todd Grantham light in on defense in which they believe that a blitz can, like there's nothing that works against the blitz. And right. then they can't figure out why they give up like 70-yard touchdown plays. I'm worried just a little bit about that. But overall, it's kind of the same. The same reason that you like UCLA is kind of the same reason I like the over. Okay, that's fair. 
That's fair. Look, I, I think that you know UCLA is in a, in, a, in a spot. They know they can uh, they can take that their set their half of the Pac-12. Uh, it's open for business, but it's a big card. It's not as usually as big as you got. You got usually got like oh, a 20, no, 20, I, 20, I 20 cut it down. I think I cut it down to seventeen this week. I don't know how you do it. I mean, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with all this extra time in your hands? All this extra money burning all in your pocket? I don't know. It's time for it's. I had to get back to basics. Like you know, and, and when you're in Madden or NCAA, and you've been getting cute. Like you just got to go back to your base offense. And my base offense is betting on Bama, Georgia. Like I'm back. I'm back to my roots. <laughs> yeah, back to betting on the hyped up teams. That's the one problem. Oh, yeah. But Bama doesn't matter I'll with Bama. Bama. I'll pay that Bama tax. Give me that Bama tax all yes. day. I'll, I'll gladly pay it. It's 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 like the Mahomes tax. With the Mahomes tax, it it's it's came due because they've they've not covered like twelve of the, the last, last fifteen. Last week was the first time that they had covered. I think in eleven games. Yeah. Like mid-November of last year, it was crazy. But Any five-star bets that you're liking? Uh, nah. Is it the? Was it Iowa? Akron is included. Akron is included because your your Akron is yeah. included as a five-star bet. I also kind of like Buffalo plus six. I don't think Kent State's all that good. Uh, I can get it behind Buffalo plus six. A and M is technically a five-star bet, but for whatever reason, people have not adjusted A and M down. Like no, they, they have not. I just – there's no way. Like, I just don't see this. Like, if it, Bama's under 20, just lay it. You know, one other one other game that was part of the conference dog of seven or more with an under 48 was New Mexico getting, like, what I think it was nine, 19 or something like that to yeah. San Diego. I don't remember what it was. I didn't touch it. I'm like, no, I don't trust New Mexico. I know it's a low number or big number. I'm not touching that one. That would have been a game that you wanted to play at the same kind of uh, theory. We're here each and every Friday night at 11 Eastern. Also, when you wake up all morning long on Saturday. Once the games kick off, it's BetQLU in the action. Eight hours of college football in-depth reaction. It's all on BetQL. It's all available on the Odyssey app. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. Thanks for listening and watching the BetQLU. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app.